Welcome to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. Yes, this is Frank Selby, and I'm co-host, and we are having a little technical difficulty this morning. One of the boys is not, two of the boys are not in the uh, studio yet. So let's go around to what's been going on the last couple of weeks. Fishing has been really great in Montana and Arkansas. I just got a report that there was a 16-pound brown taken on the Arkansas River in uh, New Mexico. That is an awful big fish for this time of year. And California, we have had beautiful weather and lots of flooding. And the shows went absolutely great. We're going to have a lot of great guests on. We're going to have a hunting club on. And we also are going to have hook Moose Lip Hook on. (laughs) Tom is one of the backpackers in Alaska. When you do not want to have a cell phone, you do not want anybody to bother you, and they backpack you in sometimes 20 miles, sometimes only eight, to back rivers that are especially fun. I like the getaway and be in the true outdoors where you, if when you go to sleep, you don't hear anything but some rustling of the feet walking around camp. Hey, Frank. Yes. John made it in. Oh, good. Here's John. And we have some great guests today. Oh, well, as soon as we come back from the break, uh, we're going to introduce somebody that can give you everything that you've just been talking about. Uh, we have uh, uh, Mike Grummet, the Alaskan RV butler, and in, uh, in <clears throat> also remember to go to Fish Hunt Talk Radio and you listen to the show as many times as you want. We appreciate that. Uh, and Frank, we'll be right back, and we're going to have Mike with us, hopefully. You're listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. Catching shallow, I can catch a deer. Open water on the back of the creek. The wind and rain to me is all. 
Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan. And we have Mike Selby on the line with us. And uh, we're going to see if we can find Mike Grummet from the Alaska RV Butler. And so, Frank, would you do me a favor and uh, sure. give, give us a little bit of prelude to that? And I'm going to go outside and see if he's standing at the door. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, Tom, uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike uh, does motorhome trips into Alaska. And he fishes four to five rivers, and it's a lot of fun. If you've never done something like that and you want to do your whole family, it's simple to do. You uh, get He has five or six motorhomes that he takes everybody, and then there's guides for everybody when you're out fishing. The girls, if you wanted, the girls want to do something, there's all kinds of stuff that they can go and do. And also, he is a damn good fisherman. I like to fish with him. And uh, he's been doing this. I'm not sure how many years he's done the motorhome, but he's been fishing longer than I can remember. And the other things, it's very reasonable to rent a motorhome up there. Uh, Guess what, Frank? Yeah. I I found him walking around in the street. <laughs> hey Frank. Okay. Hey, I was just talking about you. I hope it was good. I always say good things well, about you. You Mike, know that all the time <laughs> we've been together. Yeah. Now Mike is going to be co-hosting with us, uh, so you know, he, hopefully he'll join in. And if you want to talk anything about Alaska, we're going to be doing some of that. Uh, so Mike, would you mind just kind of giving a quick overview of? Alaska and what you do there? Sure. Um, the name of my company is the Alaskan RV Butler. And essentially what I do is I do pre-planning trips for people to find out what their interests are, their activities, any limitations, dietary restrictions, etc. And I pick them up at the airport in a fully stocked RV, and they have fun the moment they get off the plane. <laughs> So I drive them around. I arrange their fishing, their hiking, they sightseeing. Fly to Anchorage? Anchorage is the most common port. Mm-hmm. I do have um, occasionally people come in Whittier or Seward via cruise ship, and I pick them up from oh. there as well. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, you know, when I uh, mentioned it to uh, Jenny last night, and uh, she's not easy for her to travel. and she's, she's game, but she doesn't really want to go fishing. But she wants to see Alaska. I would recommend a driving trip where we would literally go over the entire state. Mm-hmm. We would go to Valdez, go to Fairbanks, Chenna Hot Springs. Oh, you do that too? Oh, it's, it's whatever the customer wants. Every trip is completely customized based on their interests, their abilities, and their dietary uh, restrictions, if any. I thought you just did the Kenai, but that's your main well, the key, uh, trip. But yeah, the Kenai attracts most of my customers because there's so many you know non-fishing soft tours, adventure tours, plus fishing there, and it's close. Mm-hmm. But I also take people anywhere in the state that they want to go, and uh, someone who has uh, maybe they can't hike a quarter mile or half a mile, a driving trip, seeing glaciers and waterfalls from the highway, stopping at roadsides, etc. These are all things that we're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. I had one client last year said, Mike, take us to a place you haven't been before. <laughs> well, Alaska, I guess that's not too hard to do, is it? No, there's a, there's a lot of side roads I haven't taken yet. Yeah. <laughs> there's always something to find. Mm-hmm. But, no, the whole concept, people go to Alaska. Um, they say, we've been to Alaska. They go, oh, yeah, you know, uh, we cruised the Inland Passage. Well, cruising the Inland Passage is not going to Alaska. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I've never done it, you know, but you cruise by a quarter, half a mile from shore, and you look at the trees. <laughs> and uh, I can't agree with you more. I tell people I can put you on a one-day cruise out of Whittier 
see 26 glaciers, one of them from roughly a quarter mile away, see the ice caving and cracking and everything. You'll get prime rib and salmon on the boat for about $160. Then you spend the rest of your trip seeing the real Alaska, getting away from the poor towns that are selling T-shirts and gold chains and, yeah. and different things. And all cruising is fun, and they you know, you pack and unpack one time, but... If you want to see the real Alaska, you got to get into the interior. Mm-hmm. And that's why the motorhomes sound now what intriguing. is it? intriguing. Yeah, so what you do is you check in and normally it'll be a group. So you've already paired off, and was it four people per motorhome? Well, uh, generally speaking, uh, I get anywhere from 1 to 12, and I just adjust accordingly. But uh, four adults in one RV, I think, is more than enough. But if you have a couple grandkids, I have two bunk beds. Mm -hmm. So you can throw six in if it's a family. Mm -hmm. Technically, you can go seven, but it starts to get really crowded. Um, But, yeah, four adults is is normally what I recommend because there's two queen beds. Well, it's kind of like a cruise in the way that you check in, you pack, unpack, you put your baggage in, and that's it. Yeah. And I ask people to bring one suitcase mm-hmm. and two carry-ons. And the reason why is that I do laundry usually the third or fourth day. Uh-huh. So if they happen to be fishermen, instead of paying uh, express fees like $350 a box to go home, I have the fish processed, stayed in the freezer, pick it up the day we go, and I take them to the airport and I save them about $270 a box in shipping fees yeah. because the second suitcase, instead of clothing, is right. the box of fish. And then the third box or the third suitcase with Alaska is typically about $75. So mm-hmm. you can take two boxes of fish home for $100 in shipping fees. Yeah. And there's a good chance you're going to fill them up. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I, I used to fish California, get seasick all the time. And until I found the scopalamine <clears> patch, <throat> I had lost interest in fishing. But I always thought it was hit and miss. I haven't had any problems in the ocean hit and missing with, with mm-hmm. Alaska fishing. It's, well, it's just phenomenal. Well, the, um, the coast of uh, Alaska, what is it, the um, Gulf of Alaska, the Bering, where is it? Actually, is it? I just, we go outside of Resurrection Bay out of Seward, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if it's called the Gulf of Alaska or the Bering Sea, yeah. um, Bering but uh, Bay. that's where the, the bigger fish are from my experience. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing is, I go to Ketchikan every year, and... Uh, uh, actually, this year is already sold out for July. But uh, one of the first, I've been going up there for at least 12 years. Nice. And to give an idea about what the water's like, uh, we were out, and this guy's never been to Alaska before. And he's, he's you know, we're on a charter. And uh, this guy goes, he's looking around, and there's these granite cliffs with these trees on top and water like glass. And it just looks like a beautiful alpine lake. And uh, he, he goes, what's their elevation here? <laughs> uh, sea level. <laughs> what elevation is that? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he just got to for somehow figure it out that, you know, he wasn't in the ocean. But that's, it's not always like that. But, uh, you know, in the Alaska or the weather in Alaska, all over Alaska, um, you know, you usually get uh, uh, sun, afternoon, maybe a bit of wind and some rain, and then you get sun. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much the weather report for <laughs> ask me what day. It's the, I'll give you a weather report. I can do it right now. <laughs> well, I tell people normally it's between 55 and 70 during the day, and it drops about 10 degrees at night. And the rain and the drizzle. Normally the rain mm-hmm. isn't enough to prevent you from doing mm-hmm. things. Once in a while, the rain or the wind, if you're doing ocean fishing, I've been locked out maybe two or three times in 13 years where they don't go out because the weather is too bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, your light jacket, rain, you know, something covering you that keeps oh, yeah. you dry. You just do everything you would normally do that you do at home. Right. So if it rains, so what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can go in for a hot lunch or you can uh, uh, just get into the cover and you know, put your poles sticking out the back. I have Rods, 160, uh, 160 movies and, and old shows like Bonanza, okay, yeah. uh, that uh, if we do get such really bad weather, I, oh. have, <laughs> I have a lifetime supply of popcorn and movies okay, so see. we can withstand anything. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun, Mike. Uh, we're going to take a break and uh, come back in, in just, uh, just a couple of minutes, and we've got some more exciting stuff going on. We have... Uh, 
Okay. Well, you guys will have something to talk about. <laughs> uh, we got Tom from Moose Lip Lodge in Alaska. So Excellent. I'll let I'll let you handle him. Anyway, we're okay. gonna t- okay. We're gonna take a break. And Frank, I appreciate you being there for me. And uh, we're gonna no have a fun show. Problem. Good to hear from you, Frank. Right. You are listening to Fish on Talk Radio. Go to our website. Listen to the show as many times as you like. Right on the front page. Maple Lake, French Lake, Grand Lake, Cedar Lake, Pleasant Lake, Clear Lake, Bass Lake, Collar Lake, Goose Lake, Tall Lake, Round Lake, Pearl Lake, Rice Lake, Sugar Lake, Mud Lake, Long Lake, Ant Lake, Swan Lake, Lake of the Woods, the Wafish everywhere. Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan in studio, and we have in sitting here next to me is this uh, grizzly-looking guy by the name of Mike Grummet. He's the Alaskan RV butler, and we have on the line with us, we have Tom Engel from Moose Lip Lodge. Now, a lodge called Moose Lip Lodge has to be in Alaska, right? That is correct. Okay. Well, uh, if you didn't mind, Tom, just go ahead and introduce yourself and give us an idea about Moose Lip Lodge. Well, um, my name is Tom Engel. I've been operating um, our fish camp in Alaska now for four years, owning the property for 17. Uh, We are a do-it-yourself camp, so we offer a little bit more of an affordable Alaskan adventure. 
Um, at a third of the cost of a lodge, we offer you a place to stay, housing, and we feed you three meals a day, oh. and you fish at your leisure. So you just walk down to the river? Is that the idea? Yes. We're about a 10-minute walk from Lake Creek, which has, uh, uh, we're probably in the top 10 of salmon runs. Uh, all five species of salmon and native rainbow, grayling, and dolly varden are in the lake, are in the creek. When does your season begin? Well, the salmon start running, uh, you know, it's different every year, but typically the king salmon are in the river late June, uh, but the silvers probably don't start until mid-July, and then, then they get chased by the humpies, the reds, and this year will be a pink year. So we'll oh, that's all. right. Yeah, every other year is the pinks, right? Every other year is the pink. So mm-hmm. this year will be a pink year. Excellent. And um, what is the typical size of the salmon you're pulling out of the river, the kings? Uh, you know, our average size king are 35-pound kings. Wow. Um, we do have this, this past season. Uh, I ventured upriver, and uh, after they had spawned, I, I saw several 50-, 60-pound salmon that had spawned and died. So... We had a good run last year, and we should have that same good run this year. Excellent. And what about um, processing the fish? Is it catch and release, catch and eat, or the choice of the uh, That's of the totally up to you. I do offer, uh, included with the, with the cost of lodging and food, I'll process your fish, uh, vacuum seal it, we'll freeze it, and then we'll package it in a fish box, uh, a fish box that is approved by the airline. Excellent. So, a, a, a uh, was it a float plane that, that uh, drops you off, or did yes. you land? Okay, a float yeah, plane. Yeah, you would go into Anchorage, mm-hmm. and right across the street from the Anchorage Airport is a float plane airport. Do mm-hmm. you believe that? It's, oh yeah. It's a body of water. It's called Lake Hood. You get on a float plane from there, which is a mm-hmm. bucket list item as well, just to be able oh, to yeah. take off and land in a float plane. It's kind of a white knuckle ride. <laughs> um, Fifty minutes from Anchorage in a float plane. Through the wilderness, you land on our pond. We're the only cabins on the pond. And from our pond to Lake Creek is about a 10-minute walk. Mm. If someone was uh, in Denali and coming down towards Talkeetna and wanted to catch a float plane out of Talkeetna, could they do that and get to your lodge They could as well? do that as well. They could catch it out of Willow, out of Wasilla. Um, a, a shorter ride, so you would save some money coming that way. We are directly due south of Denali. Um, there are the only other folks we ever see at our fish camp are folks that are actually on a six or seven day float out of Denali. They will float Lake Creek starting in Denali and then pull out at the Yetna River. We're about five days into their float. Um, that's how remote we are. Any relationship with the float companies where they can just drop off at your lodge, stay a couple of days and just do a one way fly out? Yes, we do that as well. Uh, most of the time we're floating out of our place. They will uh, float plane in, spend two, three days at the camp, and then their last day, we are a, a one-day float from our camp to the mouth of the Yetna. Uh, we have some handshake deals with the lodges down there, and then the airplane will come and pick you up at the mouth of the Yetna. And uh, so you spend your last day on a float and fish. Uh, I've got one question real quick. Uh, what's the normal float? How many different kinds of animals can you see in, uh, along the float? Well, The girls want to know that. The, we'll have moose that we typically see in the water. We do have black and grizzly bear. Um, north of our camp, if we're quiet, uh, in the evening around 8.30, a wolf pack will come out on the water and um wait a minute eating. come out come out on i mean to the to the bank or do they get in the water uh they'll come out to the sandbar depending on the height of the water uh-huh. uh they'll uh the wolf pack this wolf pack is run by a female she'll come out first she'll eat two fish and then the rest of the pack will come out and eat and then she'll watch mm-hmm. and this happens it, i'm sure it happens every night i if we have to be very, very quiet to see them, but typically we'll see them two, three times a week. We'll see that wolf pack come out. Yeah. What? Um, that's what I. Go ahead, Frank. That's what I like to hear because my wife does not like float planes, but she is going next year. We're going to come up and do five or seven days with you. 
So I think that'll be a great trip for her because well, she loves animals. It's a very animals. relaxed setting than, than being at a lodge. Because we don't have fishing guides, uh, yeah. you know, there's nobody telling you that you got to be up at 7 and on the water by 8.30. Uh, it doesn't get light till 9 o'clock in the morning that time of the year. It doesn't get dark until midnight. So fish at your leisure. The salmon are coming up all day long. It's not like you can only fish in the morning or the evening. The schools of salmon are coming up all day. So there's a lot of times where we'll eat dinner at 6, and we're back out on the water at 9 o'clock at night, and we're fishing until midnight. Yeah. yeah. That sounds great. What's the limit typically on the kings and silvers? Well, you know, every year it differs. Last year it was one. Uh, this year for the kings, currently it's catch and release only. Uh, fishing game has shut off uh, the king fishing in our area to be only catch and release. Now that could be changed when the fish counts start coming in. Oh, I see. Well, I thought, uh, it, I thought it was closed until June 15th. It, you know, it, it's, it, it, every day I read something new on Alaska's website. So uh, uh, silvers last year were, were two. About halfway through the season, they changed it to three because there were so many silvers in the water. It was an unbelievable season for silvers and reds last year. Excellent. But our, our number one thing is we, we cater to you. Because we're only going to have... Eight, eight folks in camp at a time. We set up the camp for you. We'll set up our tents or our cabins. We have real beds, not cots. They're all off the grid. Wood-burning stove, oil-burning lamp. The only thing that has power, which is generated and solar-powered, is our cook shack. Uh, other than that, you are living in the wilderness of Alaska with nobody. There's nobody out there except us and the bears. <laughs> I like that a lot. And uh, how do we get in touch with you? Uh, our website is mooselip.com. Everything you want to know about us and what to bring, again, since we are providing you with lodging and food only, this is do-it-yourself. You bring your own waders. You bring your own fishing gear. It's all family-run, so me and my boys are going to help you catch a salmon when there's thousands of salmon in the water. It's, it's not tough to do. Uh, we find that most folks will keep one salmon in the morning, catch and release, or we'll go after grayling and dollies, and then catch that second salmon in the afternoon. Uh, when we do our fish fries, we don't use your fish. A lot of the lodges will use the fish that you caught for a fish fry. We don't do that. M my, with my boys being up there, my wife, my daughter, and myself, we'll go catch the fish, and that's what we'll use for our fish fry. Mm -hmm. Being a, a foodie, uh what type of meals is a typical breakfast, lunch, and dinner? You know, we're uh, very much just a, a comfort-type foods. My breakfast is a, a kind of a continental breakfast, maybe a step up from there. The wife will, there'll be cold cereals, oatmeal. The wife will be making uh, muffins or bread rolls or something like that. She'll cook you an egg. Uh, a lot of our lunches, depending on how many people we have on the river at lunch, I have an Argo, which is an amphibious eight-wheel vehicle. Huh. I'll load that vehicle up, and I'll cross the river out to a sandbar, and we will set up a shore lunch so you don't have to go back into the cabin. You keep fishing, and that's smoked salmon, chips and salsa, cold cuts. And then our dinners are just the same kind of dinner you would have at home, spaghetti, corned beef, uh, shepherd's pie, just a standard good meal that's going to warm your belly and help you sleep. Right. Excellent. Do you ever see any more 67 or 68-inch uh, moose? There are. Uh, the, the, the last moose I shot up there three years ago, uh, after having him tested by Fish and Game, he was 14 years old. Not a lot of moose hunting pressure in our area because it's so remote, so there's a lot of moose around. Well, tell us a little bit about moose. It's Moose Lip Lodge. Uh, first of all, what are you allowed to take and when? So we're just a fish camp, so we, we're not providing any honey. Uh, hunting seasons are later in the year in our area, uh, so we are only a fish camp. Mm -hmm. And that season... The, the, they tell you the best time to catch in our area, which has the most variety of salmon in the river, is the last two weeks of July and the first two weeks of August. Mm -hmm. You have a possibility of catching three types of salmon, late-run kings, some silvers, and some reds. 
Mm-hmm. Excellent. What is the typical daily rate per person at the lodge? So we are a flat rate of $300 a day per person. That includes your lodge and food. We have no minimums. You can stay for one day or you can stay for 10. Sounds good. Sounds great. Really good. Well, and, um, Tom, we're going to have to get going, but uh, I think we're going to be talking to you again, especially Frank's going to be going up there. But if you want to see real Alaska, uh, take a cruise ship if you want to. That's fine. But if you really want to see the real Alaska, you got to talk to uh, Mike or to Tom about getting them out, out into the <laughs> Alaska that yeah. you really dream about. All right, we're yeah. going to have to take off right now. We're going to be right back with you, so stay tuned. You're listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to our website and listen to the show as many times as you want. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and wow, I guess today's Alaska Day, isn't it? <laughs> we've got uh, with us, we've been talking to Mike Grummet for the Alaskan RV Butler, and he takes people out in motorhomes, and he does the cooking. And then uh, we've got, uh, we just talked to uh, Moose Lips Lodge, <laughs> and that's in Rias, out in the middle of the Alaskan wilderness. And, uh, and also, the you know, everybody has to eat. And that's part of the whole thing, sitting around a campfire. Food always tastes better, doesn't it? Never want to suffer oh, yeah. when you're camping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> well, anyway, we have uh, uh, my, uh, John McGannon from Wild Eats. And, John, why don't you give us kind of a quick idea about uh, what you're doing and what you've been doing? Well, uh, thanks for having me, first of all, John and gentlemen. Um, yeah. I... Uh, 
I started Wild Eats oh, about 23 years ago. A uh, very short story. I was on a plane ride coming back from Hong Kong uh, where I'd opened up a restaurant. And it was right around the infancy of cable TV. And I realized that uh, there was a whole bunch of people that had shows. There was the Wolfgang Pucks and the Jeremiah Towers and the Mario Batalis. And everybody had their little thing going on from around the country. And nobody was doing anything for, uh, for people who hunted and fished. Um, so very quickly, I wrote down, this is before texting and email, and I, I wrote down a couple of ideas and sent it off to a local production company up here in the uh, Northern California Bay Area. And um, about two weeks later, I uh, found myself uh, out on uh, San Juan Islands doing the, the first of uh, 17 TV shows called um, Outdoor Cuisine. That was uh, hosted by Charlie West um, and on the uh, the Outdoor Life Network, which is, uh, you can't even find digital copies of that. That's how long ago that was. So anyway, it was uh, that was where Wild Eats was uh, uh, kind of uh, emerged from. And I've been lucky enough to have shared my two passions, uh, haute cuisine and hunting and fishing and and bridge them together, and there's where Wild Eats is. Well, Wild, Wild Eats is, uh, uh, I saw you in a Long Beach show and got uh, got one of your jars of seasonings, and there's you. Your most of your seasoning mix is designed for wild game, correct? Well, originally that was the that was the original concept. Um, however, I've, I've I was in the restaurant business for 22 years and. Uh, opened 13 restaurants in New York, Florida, L.A., San Francisco, and Hong Kong. So, you know, it's it's all about balance and complementary um, of the flavors of, of uh, fish and wild game and upland birds. Um, and understanding, I'm kind of more, I'm also one of the guest chefs on the Sporting Chef TV show. Well, with John uh, Lacey? Or with uh, Lacey? Yeah, with Scott, sure. Scott, Scott yeah. and I, we, we go back, oh, well, 20 years or so. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, so uh, I'm one of the guest chefs on there, and I'm kind of the uh, I'm the why guy. Um, we have a we have a really good collection of uh, of guest chefs that uh, Scott has on, and it ranges from guys from down south to you know New Englanders to some. Uh, there was a couple of women from the Rocky Mountain region, and I'm out in the San Francisco Bay Area, so we all have our own little shtick, and mm-hmm. I kind of a uh, I, I figure if you know why, you can always figure out how. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that I liked about your stuff right away is that the whole point of uh, seasoning meat normally is to is to enhance the flavor or give it some flavor if it needs it. And when you buy any kind of grilling seasoning or you know rub or whatever it is, it's usually what eighty ninety percent salt. Yeah, yeah, generally speaking. And yours, obviously, you've got salt in it. But yeah, you have to have a little bit of salt. Um, you know, uh, my, <laughs> I tell people that my, my, my line of rubs, which I have six of them, um, it was made by an anal chef, not by an accountant. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I kind of I took the route of uh, maximizing, you know, the flavor and the, and, and, and the balance and how, it can, how it's not going to overshadow. I don't use any cayenne pepper. No, obviously, no MSG or high sugar content, uh, but we have to have salt. So I use I use twenty to twenty two percent, and I only use organic sea salt. Mm-hmm. So this why this why our little so, three yeah. ounce uh, seasoning packs will season between twelve and fifteen pounds of meat or fish. A little little goes a long way because you're actually paying for superior the, the seasonings seasoning. and not a bunch of salt. Mm-hmm. What are the different flavors or, or names of the different seasonings that you have? Well, I have a, I have our San Francisco seafood rub. Um, being from a, currently from the Bay Area, I'm originally from back east, um, but uh, I like the idea of blackening for fish. But a mouthful of screaming hot cayenne pepper doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me, especially especially on fish. You know, so what I did was I replaced the cayenne with uh, ancho chili that's got a very subtle oh. mild pepper flavor. So when you put it on a piece of salmon or halibut or striped bass or, or yellowtail, you can actually still taste it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, uh, you know, all of my blends are there, as I said, to design, uh, not to design, to complement the natural integrity, not um, blow them out of the water, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we have our seafood rub. Then we have our, John, I think you got the juniper berry and peppercorn steak rub, didn't you, when I saw you at Long Beach? Uh, it was, I think it was, I think it was called the original. Uh, Frank, yeah, okay. Frank, are you still there, Frank? Yes, I'm still here. Is that background noise coming from you? Pardon me? I don't hear any back noise. Okay, all right. But, there uh, you go. Anyway, okay, we have yeah. our juniper berry and peppercorn steak rub. 
Um, and and that's the that was the design. For years, they've used uh, juniper berry in Europe for for seasoning game meat. Uh, juniper has a very refreshing quality, mm-hmm. so you you yeah, match that I've, refreshing. I, I, you know, I've got at least minimum of fifty different spices, and I don't think I have any juniper. I never even thought of that. Well, it's kind of a it's it's not uh, it's not readily available. It's kind of hard to get. But the juniper that I use is blue juniper imported from Italy. Uh, there's about 36 varieties of juniper, and only three of them are edible. So oh. for you guys that live out there in the foothills, um, you can't just go in the backyard and start picking junipers off of those pinion juniper bushes. Well, but the, the concept it, was to, isn't that what they make gin out of? Yeah, they do. They yeah. do, and yeah. for the same purpose. Because in the in the warm months when it's hot, uh, gin and tonics are very popular because of their refreshing quality. Well, mm-hmm. you apply that same that same characteristic to your wild game meat, which has somewhat of an aggressive flavor, then you match that up with a with a earthy peppercorn, and they all kind of balance each other out. Mm-hmm. Now, when so. you're doing, uh, obviously you know what you're doing, you know, with the uh, skillet, but when you're doing wild game, uh, give us some tips on the best way to do it. I mean, you know, I've always, you know, it's, it's pretty simple. Either you cook it uh, low and slow or hot and fast. Yes, but, exactly. But the, um, uh, what about uh, stewing it and, uh, you know, different different types and different cuts of meat, which would you recommend? Well, um, I, on my website at wildeats.com, I have what I call the hunter's meat map, and it identifies every every muscle group, where it's found on the carcass of an animal, and what are the best cooking techniques for it. Again, I, I go back to the to the why. So wild game is has about one-third the amount of fat and one-third the amount of cholesterol that does our domestically raised beef. And you simply need to adjust your cooking temperatures and your techniques that, are, that you use because you don't have that fat. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, the, the tough cuts slow and wet. It, the tender cuts hot and fast. It, you want it hot and fast so that you don't evaporate the internal moisture that's inside of that muscle tissue, that lean muscle tissue, uh, because you don't have the insurance policy of all the additional fat that you do on domestically raised mm-hmm. animals. So just understanding that concept will certainly get you in the right direction. Well, I think if you're grilling, I just I was thinking out loud, well, I am thinking out loud now, is that <laughs> mo- most, most wild game is a darker color uh, than beef or, you know, mm-hmm. in, in particular. So if it's still pink or red, that doesn't mean that it's raw. Well, there's, the reason why it's so dark in color is because wild game has a process called reoxygenation. And reoxygenation allows an animal to, if you're a waterfowl flying at 10,000 feet for 100 miles at a time, or you're an antelope running across the plains escaping predators, it is the excess capillary blood that is found inside of these muscle tissues. That excess that's really good for the animal because it allows them to do the physical things that they do but not so good for us because we have to actually now consume that. So the capillary blood that is inside of the muscles of wild game animals is a broken down byproduct of what that animal eats. So if you're a duck eating aquatic plant life out of the bottom of a muddy slough, and then you go ahead and consume that flesh in its overly saturated state, well, then it's going to taste like the bottom of a muddy slough. That's yeah. where the, the mud, liver, gamey flavor comes from. And everybody wants to soak this this product out, and when in fact you want to do exactly the opposite. It's so aggressive in flavor because it is completely saturated with all this excess blood. And what you want to do is just like you you hang all the finest restaurants around the world, dry age their beef for 28 days, Mm -hmm. which is actually complete overkill when it comes to breaking down the fiber structure of those those muscle systems that they have because, let's face it, the cattle that we're consuming uh, barely break into a trot, no less run up and down 10,000-foot mountains. So the only way that you can naturally break down these high-intense fiber structure muscles is by voiding it of the moisture that they need to to keep the structure intact. So by allowing the blood to drain out, evaporating some of the internal moisture through dry aging, you basically break down that muscle system, plus you get rid of the aggressive flavor, and that meat goes from an eggplant purple to the color of a piece of veal. Hmm. So we are in a soak-it society. Everybody, when it doesn't taste right, okay, we have to soak it in something. That's where you come up with the... Habanero teriyaki honey sake soy glaze syndrome. No, no please no. <laughs> so let's. We want to. You know, we we all and even even for you with your fishermen, you're out there working hard, uh, spending a lot of time, spending a lot of money, 
and you want to be able to uh, allow those those products to meet their maximum yeah, potential. By, by the way, you mentioned glaze. Uh, use marinade, but don't use glaze. Just it's like uh, well, it's all sugar, well, yeah. and even right. marinades. Most marinades. Are, that's why I have a line of sugar dry rubs. Salt. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, because what happens is when you marinate a piece of meat, you're actually soaking that meat is soaking up that liquid, whatever it may be. And then when you go ahead and try to, especially dry dry cook it, you know, on a grill or in a pan, hot and fast, you're actually a portion of that meat is being cooked via the steam generated from mm-hmm. that marinade. Right. This is why all these you know, the marinades that you have are are sugar based because mm-hmm. that it is the sugar that caramelizes and not the natural proteins, which is right. what you want, where you get okay. that nice dark and well, crusty outer edge. John, unfortunately, uh, we're up against a break. But you know what? If you wouldn't mind, do you want to hang on for a couple minutes after the break because this is fascinating stuff. Yeah, not a problem. Okay, you're listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to Fish Hunt Talk. Radio.com. Listen to the show. Honey, that sounds like rain. Hurry up, woman. Get the young. Let's go. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through AFTCO. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for AFTCO at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. Talking Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we only got a couple minutes, but John was nice enough to come back with this because it's such a fascinating subject. We could do a whole hour on it. Uh, but if you want to find out about spices, and obviously he uh, knows his way around the kitchen. He knows what to do with those spices, and these are spices you've developed yourself. And as we mentioned, what John does, um, he doesn't take salt and add some pepper to it and call it seasoning salt. Uh, you know, it's a, you know, I would. It is probably about eighty percent of most of the rubs and stuff are salt. Is that right, John? Yeah, give or take, sure. And, 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 and they don't even use good salt, so yeah. salt is is uh, is a lot. 
less expensive than uh, than his uh, imported spices. Yeah, and yours is about 10, 20% salt. So you yeah, really, you 20 set, to 22%, set. and I only use organic sea salt, as we said. And it's, so it's, here, I know uh, yeah. we're running short on time. We'll just give you one one quick tip for everybody that's out there. Okay. So when, you, when you're out purchasing seasonings, um, you always want to get your spices in whole form. One, it'll it'll hold up way longer than the pre-ground because you, you get a pre-ground spice and you have no idea how long it's sitting in a warehouse. The general rule is between, oh, 18 and 20 months of shelf life. Um, normally things, they won't go bad, but they'll, they, they'll dry out and they'll lose their oils and esters which, that give them their, their potency. Um, so when you have a whole spice, uh, you basically, the best way to really get the flavor out of it is to lightly toast it and then ground it as you need it. Well, and the, okay. difference, the difference between a toasted spice and a non-toasted spice is like comparing a caramelized onion to a, a raw oh, onion. Oh, big difference. Yeah, uh, one yeah. quick question. When you're using seasonings, um, it's like if you're cooking hamburgers, you, know, you put it on the grill and throw some seasoning salt on it and flip it. But if you've got a roast or something, uh, do you recommend putting this, rubbing the seasoning on overnight and let it sit, or what do you recommend? Oh, you bet. Yeah, yeah. Anything, I figure anything the size of, let's say, a tri-tip or bigger, a um, little bit of uh, what I recommend with my juniper berry and peppercorn steak rub. Um, there is a little olive oil. Sprinkle a little bit of that on there. Rub it in. Ziploc bag it overnight in the fridge, and then pop it out and uh, and cook it up the next day. And that allows that meat to absorb all those lovely mm-hmm. seasonings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what it's about. It's the flavor. Yeah, and it's and it's about complementary. It's not about you know just uh, having a bunch of cayenne pepper that then you need it's uh, you need a bunch of sugar and then you need a bunch of salt and then you you know then you put ABC seasoning in it and now you have your full line. So. Um, I, uh, I, we've made lots of friends over the years with the Wild Eats line of seasoning rubs. I, uh, I highly recommend everybody check that out at wildeats.com, and um, I will uh, I be happy to add you to our long list of uh, very happy, uh, loyal followers. Okay. Well, it looks like we're out of time, but uh, your website apparently is wildeats.com. Is that right? That's correct. Go, yes, ch- Wild go Eats, check that word. out, and he's got a whole variety of uh, whatever kind of meats you're looking for. There you go. All right, John. Appreciate it. Frank, you have a good one as well. Thank you, John. Good to meet you. All right. Take care. Yeah, that was very interesting. Okay. go. This is John at Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com. And right on the front page, you'll have uh, this week's show on it. So, you know, it's so hard. You know, you're listening. You're not taking notes. But when you go back and play it again and again, you know, about some of the stuff that Mike has to say and this one in particular, you you can keep track of it that way. You know, I think uh, maybe we can do a uh, an Alaska tour where we bring our chef, there you and go. we have wild salmon, wild halibut. Sounds good to me. Some prime grated beef, maybe some reindeer sausages. <laughs> oh yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right, we appreciate you tuning in to Fish Hunt Talk Radio, and we're going to have to take a break. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Go to fishhuntradio.com. Listen as many times as you want. Mm-hmm.